0: Hello everyone and welcome back to the Racing Mentor Sponsorship Podcast. I'm here with Toby Trice. How are you today, Toby?
1: Yeah, Jess, I'm good as always. Um, how are you keeping?
0: Yeah, really good. Just so buzzed about everything that's going on at the moment. Um, I feel like I say that every week, but like just especially buzzed <laughs> this week. Yeah. To be um, fair, I think
1: we have that common trait.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Po- positive people and, you know, I hope that comes across on this podcast. You know, I'm, I'm here to spread positivity. Definitely. So I'm going to jump in with your fun fact, Toby. So Go ahead, I, I think people know this, but I think again, it's nice and positive. So, Toby won Buckmore Park's Drivers Driver of the Year in 2019. So last year, that's massive.
1: Yeah, it was a bit of a proud moment. I completely yeah. didn't um, didn't see it coming. I was at the awards night and they were describing this driver, and I was like, "Geez, he's going to have a good future." And then uh, halfway through sipping a <laughs> pint of beer, it was like, "What? They just called my name?" <laughs> that's <laughs> bit incredible. Of a, yeah, I felt very lucky. Um, <laughs> proud of it for sure (laughs) um jess's awesome um awesome fun fact this week is actually about her writing books so get paid to race wasn't actually jess's first book she wrote um it was a second the first book she wrote was a guide to norfolk yep that's pretty cool
0: still proudly sits on my uh my bookshelf and i occasionally look at it and i forget about it really so i'll occasionally look at it and be like oh yeah i wrote that book yeah just cuz it cuz it feels like it was so long ago and it wasn't a big deal or it didn't okay. feel like a big deal at the time and i actually didn't get a copy of it until maybe a couple of years ago considering i wrote it about 6 years ago oh, wow. so um i'd never really seen a physical copy but it's in hotels all over norfolk and during my 30th birthday party we stayed at a fancy hotel and it was in there no so that's nuts. I, like absolutely lost it i was like my books in this hotel
1: <laughs> i'm famous in norfolk yeah, yeah <laughs> it was really weird It won't be the last one, Jess, I'm sure. Oh, absolutely (laughs) not. Pay to Race is definitely not the last one, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, actually, that kind of brings me on to the fact that I am writing another book, or at least putting the finishing touches to one. Most people who kind of follow me on social media will have seen that I've announced something called the Side Hustle Series, because I know that, you know, sponsorship isn't the only way to kind of get paid to race or to, you know, get out on track. And a lot of people have... Success with running their own businesses and using that to fund their racing career. So, I wanted to teach people those skills as well as sponsorship skills. So, I'm just finishing off the um, Side Hustle Roadmap ebook. I just thought an ebook's easier at this stage for everyone. So, yeah, that will be out on the 24th of November alongside just tons and tons of content between now and January. But you can pre order that on the, the Racing Mentor shop if you are so inclined. But I think that's the reason I feel so excited. I love talking about businessy things and like how to build side hustles and all of that. So absolutely kind of just raring to go and, and get all of this content that we've created out there.
1: Yeah, super buzzed, Jess. I think, um, you know, I think you're like the queen of side hustle, to be fair. <laughs> um, we're always chatting between us about different ideas and how we can kind of monetize things. And yeah, I'm super excited to see that all come out, Jess. And uh, certainly over the this, this sort of off season when we've got a little bit more time as racing drivers, um, I'm certainly looking forward to going through all that content, so cannot wait. Roll on!
0: Yeah, exciting stuff. So today we're going to be talking about how to close a sponsorship deal because I know that a lot of drivers now, from like going through racing mental content, have you know got to the point where they're having meetings with uh, potential sponsors, but just getting over that line can be quite tough. And I feel that there's often a roadblock there, mostly because you know businesses are careful with their money. So I wanted to, to do this episode to kind of help people get to that point where, you know, they, they can close a sale effectively and they know what they're doing um, and they can identify what a business is talking about or what they're thinking when they are stalling a little bit as well.
1: Yeah, definitely. I think this episode is going to be quite interesting because um, I myself uh, are at a point with two sponsors or two potential sponsors where I'm looking to to close the deal and feeling really confident that something's going to happen with them because I can give them so much return. Um, But this is the, the big audacious, scary thing, right, of sponsorship. You know, you've kind of done all that networking, you've kind of negotiated everything up to this point. You understand their business, you understand how you can help them. And by this point, you should be really confident with regards to what you can offer them. But yeah, the big scary thing of, of closing the deal and, uh, and making it happen is such a big thing, Jess, isn't it?
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, y- your point about confidence is right, because it is actually really scary to say, right, can I have £100,000 now because uh, you're clearly into this. I know what I'm doing. And th- I think like that final point is the scariest part. Because then it becomes real. You actually have to do the work. You have to take an obscene amount of money off someone um, and give them back value. And that can be quite um, scary, especially if it's like your first deal. I mean, not everyone is going to go in and suddenly make a six figure uh, sponsorship sale. But at any point in your career, just getting I suppose it's you, you might have confidence in what you're offering because you've done the research, you've done the work, you've maybe practiced on some smaller sponsors, but then it's real, like, especially with large amounts of money, then it has to be your career looking after sponsors and, you know, uh, doing the racing driver thing. And it's just a nerve wracking prospect for the future. So I think if we, if we can give people listening, like a really clear process of what closing a sale looks like, you can then probably look past the emotions of the situation and just, you know, do your job, get the money, go racing, do a good job for the sponsor.
1: That's the important thing, right?
0: Yeah. So let's just kind of recap on the sales process just for anyone that we, we do have a sales tips podcast episode. Um, so it might be worth listening back to that if you're not at the closing the sales stage yet. So typically you would have had meetings with a potential sponsor by this stage You'll have talked about the benefits of what you offer. They'll, they'll, they should already be excited about what you're doing. They should be asking questions about how they can get involved and making it clear that this is something that they're going to work into their future. Toby, when, when you're at the point of like about to close a sale, how, how does the vibe change between you and, and the potential sponsor? How, how do you know that they're, they're pretty much ready to buy?
1: well i think they just give you this kind of impression that you know um the the previous experience i've had where i've closed the sale it's just been very much a case of like they want to go ahead like you you get this kind of positive vibe from them that they're as excited as you are um and that kind of energy just kind of feels right um but they often say things that actually are clear signals for you to say you know i want to go ahead you know things like i can really see this working for my business um Mm -hmm. I'm sure this is going to work out for us. You know all those kind of things that you just think. Well, if they're fully aware of the benefits you've explained and how it's going to help their business, they're telling you that they're they're good to go. That's that's your that's your cue to say right. Let's let's get this done
0: yeah and actually uh, like closing a sale doesn't have to be complicated because more often than not if you're if you're listening to your sponsor you'll get buying signals so uh the the example i always use is if you're offering a track day or hospitality and they are choosing like which track they want to come to or which date they want to come to they've pretty much made a decision because that that is something that they need to think about after they've paid and after you're on board with them. So I, I always kind of look at that as a really nice buying signal, but th- but there are others as well. Um anything where they're talking about the future or giving you more ideas of how you can work together, things like that, um, are really, really clear buy buying signals. So I think it's really, really important to listen to what they're saying because if, if they give you a buying signal that says, yes, we want to do this thing, you know, further down the line, it's, you know, just one part of your, of what you're pitching, you can say, great, when can we get a contract sorted out? Because if, they, if they're ready to go, and they're thinking about the future, then they're probably ready to sign on the dotted line. Obviously, the only issue there is if you then have to go through a board or a CEO or someone else in the company that hasn't got to that point. Or they haven't maybe haven't even heard of uh, what it is you know maybe someone in the marketing department is pitching to them, so it's not always that simple, but once you've sold to your contact there it's usually their job to sell it to the the board or the higher ups or her, whoever it might be yeah
1: and um, um, and and just just so on that note then so um there, there might there might come a point during that meeting of of closing the sale that you might feel that it's not quite going the way that you want it. Um, and I'm sure Jess, you may have had these sort of kind of situations in the past where they're very interested in the benefits, but they're not quite given the signals that they want to go ahead like right now. Yeah. So is there is there any particular questions you think that are worth asking at that point so that you can get the kind of most from it um, and really understand that closing the deal with them is the right thing to do?
0: Yeah, so I, I, if I was getting kind of like a strange vibe for them, where they're 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 kind of bought in, but they're not being like super excited about everything, I I would I would ask them, you know, what, you know, is there anything that could be a challenge to this deal, or is, are there any roadblocks that we need to look at before we go ahead? Is there anything that we actually a question that I that I used recently is is there anything stopping us from signing this contract today? other than probably that we didn't have a contract. But that's a good question because that will bring out the truth of the situation. Yeah. Or, you know, our managing director's not sure about this. And it'll bring out those objections like we talked about um, a few episodes ago, uh, episode 18. We talked about objection handling and how you can kind of get to the root of the problem. But if they're being quite closed off, they might not tell you the problem up front. So asking questions like that, you know, what's stopping this going ahead? you can then dig deeper into whatever that objection is. Is it that they don't see value? Usually it is. Is it that you need to rethink some of the the things that you've offered? Get down to the kind of the root of that problem um, and it should help you kind of get around it. So if it is, you know, that someone higher up isn't sure, then it's down to you to say, right, let's have a meeting. I'll explain everything and then uh, you can make your decision from there because usually once someone gets face-to-face with you, they're going to like you. They're, they're going to be, be able to really buy into the story that you're telling and the benefits that you offer.
1: Exactly, and just be confident with it. I mean, it's quite a scary thing having kind of a no, and I think most people are quite worried of the fact that, that they might not be getting the vibe that this sponsor is going to go ahead with a deal, um, so they get nervous of, of, the, of the fact that they, they might get the no. That might not necessarily be the case. And be confident in, in respect of asking kind of what objections they have. Um i would go back to that kind of previous podcast, yes. And yeah, just ask the questions. and find out why, um, be comfortable with that. And and you 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 can give plenty back because you know of what sponsors benefits you can give to them. And in return then you know that you've got a good return for them to say, look, you know, this is worth your while. You're not wasting their time. That's why you're sat there and be confident in that.
0: Yeah, totally agree. And I think if you've done your research, if you've really kind of planned out what you're offering and you know that there's value there, you you kind of are in the winning position. Like you you kind of can control the situation because you can always come back to those benefits. Yeah. Um, and they're probably the thing that would have sold the potential sponsor on working with you in the first place. So it's always good to come back to them because, you know, if, if you're talking about large sums of money, relative to the size of the business then you know it can be scary for that person to say yes let's go ahead they just need to be reminded why it's a good idea for them to go ahead so i always like to ask those questions you know what's stopping us listen to their objection let them know that they've been heard and then repeat the benefits back
1: and what if just like right now because obviously at the moment the economy is a little bit strange right um obviously covid's still kind of kicking around and it is a bit of an odd time and and money might be quite a a common sort of objection as part of closing the deal so have you got any tips around that because you know i'm in the i'm in the position myself right now where if i'm talking to a couple of sponsors um they're really on board with kind of how it's going to benefit them and how it's going to work for their business um but we are kind of at that negotiating stage now where you know the amount of money and and how we're exactly going to work together and what key parts they're going to take from the proposal i've given them um, have you got any tips around that jess
0: So this is tricky because if you don't have a budget from a sponsor, then it's going to be really difficult to work out what you can offer them. So I always like to go in high. Like if I could give you everything, this is how much it would cost. When they come back and say that's that's too much money, then it's kind of down to you to say, okay, I want to make this as valuable for you as possible. How do we do that? and let, let it kind of go back to them. Oh, we could maybe do this and we'd like to do that. And just kind of, instead of saying, what's your budget? Because a lot of people will go, well, I don't know, maybe come back to us with another pitch. And that's just kind of annoying. Because again, you're just kind of like shooting in the dark. Um, so, so ask them, what, what would they find most value in? And, you know, if they choose like maybe 75% of the things that are in your original proposal, Maybe you can then work the, the cost down from there and just include those things. But the nice thing about going in high is that whatever kind of deal you sell on from there, they'll probably see it as like, you know, a great deal for them where they're going to get a lot of value, um, which is why I'd always suggest going in high. It's unlikely that you'll scare them off. You'll always be able to reopen that line of communication of, you know, it doesn't have to be this much, but I wanted to give you the most value as possible. Um, So I'd always bring it back around to value and ask them those questions of, you know, where do you see this going? What do you want this to look like? And what will that success look like in the future? Um, Because it might be that they do have to be out of pocket for a year while this process gets going. And as business people, they should know that. So it's it's kind of down to just seeing where they where they think this will go in the future, I think is a is a big part of this.
1: Yeah, definitely. I'm just a strange analogy. It just comes to my head. I'm not sure if this actually fits, but just put yourself in their situation in respect of buying something like a car. Um, when you're looking at all the optional extras, you might think, oh, I really want that, I really need this. Um and you know, you can spend thousands and thousands of pounds on optional extras that might not be actually worthwhile to you, or they might be, but you just can't afford them. Um and you tend to find something that works for you in your kind of price range that the value that you're looking to, to purchase that car for. I don't know if that's right, Jess, but I'm just trying to sort of trying to put a, a comparison of just putting yourself into the sponsor's shoes. Is that they might see all the benefits that you're offering as as good for their business, um, and they might want to take advantage of all those things. But it's just about finding something that that works for them in regards to their their available budget that they've got, um, and the most important things that are going to be working towards their their goals and and their sales forecasts and stuff. So um, it's just yeah, just kind of just ask questions um and find out exactly what are the key things for them that's going to work and then you can sort of work downwards from from your sort of upper end of your your sponsorship proposal.
0: Mm. And I, I think you can kind of lean on the 80-20 rule here. And I, I love this this whole principle of you know 20% of the work that you do will yield 80% of the results. So it could be that there's loads of stuff in in your initial pitch that are just nice to have so that actually won't make that much impact. So, you know, things like unless you've got a huge social following, social media is often like that. So if you're, you know, pinning thousands of pounds on doing X amount of social posts per month, you can probably get rid of that because it probably won't have as much impact as you hope it will. Um, but also it's really time consuming for you. So I I would look at it in in that way, you know, are there things that you would rather not do that are really time consuming to you as a driver when you've got everything else on? Um, They should be the first things to go from from um, the deal when you are trying to negotiate if they need you to bring the price down. But. You know, in an ideal world, you would have gone in high enough that there is a bit of wiggle room and I would never tell a sponsor that. But I think there, there should be uh, that kind of maneuverability within um, the, the number that you went with uh, at the, in the first case, because then you can sound like you're, you're doing them, a, you know, doing them a solid because you really want to work with them and you're really excited about the, you know, the content and the activities that you've got planned.
1: Yeah. And it's quite nice to do a deal, right? It's, yeah. It also feels positive. So yeah, exactly. Exactly. it's all part of the negotiation process and sales process. Mm.
0: And I, I think, you know, a lot of, any actually anyone who's kind of new to sales, one of the biggest mistakes they make is they don't listen enough to their prospect, to the person they're selling to, because they, they miss asking for the sale. Sometimes it really is as simple as, right, let's sign on the dotted line or like, you know, what's the timeline uh, for getting this finalized? Questions like that, obviously depending on the size of the business. I think that, you know, you might miss those buying signals like that excitement over the future. But yeah, sometimes just ask for the sale. Just say, right, let's go. You know, um, I'll get a contract over to you next week. And if they say, oh, we're not ready, then, you know, you go back a bit in the process. You, you, you deal with their objections, etc. cetera. But I think a lot of the time you can actually be really forthright you can say, right, this all sounds great. We've decided, you know, we've, we've landed on this, um, this figure. These are all the benefits. I will send a contract over to you next week. Do you have any other questions? Yeah. And I think that's really valuable, and a lot of people miss that. Um, but, of course, with any kind of, <clears throat> I don't know, negotiation process or, or closing process, you can get to a point where you do need to take a step back if they're getting, you know, you don't want to necessarily push it, you don't want to be a pushy salesperson. So I think it's really important to know when to take that step back and just let them work it out for themselves with a little bit of contact.
1: Yeah, I I, yeah, I think you're right, Jess. And, and I think, you know, I always come back to this point about relationship building. Um, If you know that sponsor really well, um, and you've got a good rapport relationship with that, that person, you you should know, you should know what, the kind of vibes they're saying because by this point you have probably met them two or three times um plenty of emails phone calls etc um and it should just be obvious i think um just on my previous experiences that i've managed to close deals with it was really obvious when it was like all right should we should we get this going should we start you know who do i need to contact to to get the contract sourced out um how can we get this moving forward all those kind of things and yeah just kind of that positive vibe that you get from that person that you're sat in front of if you're confident in respect of the benefits that you're going to provide them and the service that you're going to provide them in return obviously for the for the payment if you're both happy with that then like let's go let's make let's make the next season awesome
0: exactly exactly and I you know I think my experiences have been very similar because it all comes down to the relationship building that you did at the start of this process yeah you need to be confident in your relationship with a, a personal group of people to be able to say, right, we need to sign on the, on the dotted line because I need to get this livery sorted out. I need to get a car. You know, I need to, you know, pay entry fees, whatever it is. I think you you need to have that confidence in in your contact to know that you can have those candid conversations. And it's going to be much easier to kind of get to like the root of an objection as well. So it really helps to move the process along much more quickly and easily. If you have done that relationship building kind of stuff at the beginning of the process.
1: Yeah. And just, um just a quick point for me from my experiences, because the, the you know, when I get nervous about closing deals, because it's a big moment, right? It's it's a, you're going racing, which is obviously what you want to do, which is why you're there in the first place. Be your, you're, you know, you've got so much work now to do for that that sponsor. That like that's also so exciting, and kind of what the future holds for you both, and where it's going to go is is almost, in some respects, it's not unknown because you know what you can provide to them. But like it's super exciting, but at the same time, it's quite a scary thing because you're committing to, to quite a big project with them. But I always just remember about my previous experience and previous wins, just that feeling of like having that person sort of shake hands with you. The times before where I've kind of closed a deal down with someone, we've got started. And the fact that because I feel confident now in what I delivered to my previous sponsors last year or last season, 2019, and I'm currently doing with with my current sponsors, that gives me more confidence to go, do you know what, I'm really confident I can give this the right thing for this sponsor and I, I know I can deliver. So I guess in in respect of kind of building your confidence up for closing the sale is kind of just have a look back on your previous experiences with sponsors, think about success stories and just get your mindset in a, in a positive frame of mind because that will really, really help you when it comes to closing the sale.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And it, it just kind of reminded me that over the last two months, I've closed five big deals uh, nice. just within my, my other business and everyone was like the one after the other, they just got easier because I just had more and more confidence from each one. Um, and I think like the takeaway there for racing drivers is that, you know, maybe start small, you know, close a couple of small deals before you go in for the kill on the really big one, because, uh, that, that kind of added confidence of making those small deals is going to make it so much easier to close the big one.
1: It definitely makes a difference. Like think back to, you know, for racing drivers that haven't finalized their first deal yet, you know, there's people listening to this podcast that are probably just, just looking into sponsorship this year. Um think about your first race and just how nervous she was. I remember sat on the start line at the for my first race and like my clutch foot was like, like off, you know, it was kangaroo. <laughs> you know, I was kind of, I was nervous, so scared. And by kind of like, you know, as, as each race that I'd done went on, you know, I kind of felt more confident and more comfortable in the car. I knew what I could do. Um, I knew I could launch this car off the start line and, and all of a sudden like the nerves, yeah, they're there, but you've got a better way of sort of containing them and, and making it a more kind of positive direction. And I think um, it's kind of a strange analogy, but I think kind of closing the deal was very much the same thing. It's the big moment. Um, it's the point where you're about to now take this forward with your, with that sponsor in and make the next 12 months or however long you've agreed totally awesome. And then, um, yeah, like embrace it. It's awesome.
0: Yeah, and that's that actually really good advice in terms of like preparing for a meeting. It's all about kind of getting your head in the game and like preparing you know, your mindset as much as, you know, the physical stuff that you need, whether that's a presentation or just remembering the benefits or anything like that is, you know, treat it like you would a race, like take that time to like mentally prepare. And I, I also really think that you're, you're totally correct here, Toby, And thinking back about all those previous wins as well, um, can really set you up for a meeting. And I, I think we talked about this in the objections episode as well, but come prepared for them saying that they're not ready to go ahead even if you think this is the day that you're going to close the sale be prepared with those objections so you can turn them around because you can turn objections around in you know just a couple of you know really well thought out points that go back to your the benefits and the value that you offer
1: exactly yeah um good luck everyone is yeah. what I say I'm not sure if you want to wrap up there Jess but um yeah good luck um, i'm very much in this point of process with a couple of sponsors right now so I, I know exactly how the listeners are feeling i know jess is exactly the same she's currently doing deals herself um with with regards to what she's up to so we're all in this boat and we're all here to share our experiences with each other and um yeah if you've got some some wins it would be great to, to hear how you've maybe overcome an objection and what kind of deals you've landed and um yeah jess and i are very excited to, to hear how you guys get on
0: Yeah. And actually we've had a few people sharing their wins in the uh, sponsorship community on Facebook lately. And I I love that. I love seeing people succeed.
1: Yes. Mega.
0: Yeah. So feel free to come and, you know, share your wins, even if it's just getting a meeting with a sponsor, it doesn't necessarily have to be, you know, the whole deal, although please do share that with us. So yeah, do head on to the the racing mentor sponsorship community on Facebook, Uh, share your wins or just come and congratulate other people for theirs. It might give you some inspiration as well.
1: Yeah, it's a good resource. Um, yeah. Good luck, everyone.
0: So um, let's jump into our driver of the week. This is actually someone that we have mentioned on the podcast before. So I, it's Doug Idle, who is, um, he races carts, but he also, he's also a sim racer in a, a really like snazzy Corvette. And I just feel like his Instagram has really just elevated recently he's he's got like this really cool niche and this is what we've mentioned before of um he always has a beer after a sim race and I think maybe (laughs) you know I'm biased because I like beer too but um it's just really interesting seeing his there's all the sim racing stuff you know what he's doing on track uh things about cars and carts but then all interspersed with these beer reviews and I love it and I've bought so many beers because of Doug's recommendations on on Instagram which shows at least, you know, in a small way, he is an influencer. Um, And I just think that's really powerful. But, you know, maybe over the last month or so, his graphics have just got really on point, point, like really well branded. Um, His little story icons look great. Um, So, yeah, a a very worthy driver of the week this week.
1: Yeah, I think so. I think I like the beer thing, actually. Um, I do. I think he, he makes that look really cool. Um, he's definitely kind of learned a lot from obviously what he's done, what he's done with you, Jess. Um, hmm. And it's super strong. Like he's got like a brand going on. So um, I'm sure, you know, I'm sure there you can look at kind of peer sponsorships because he seems to be doing the right thing for promoting yeah. beers, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, I think that's really cool. Like you say, if, you've, if you're actually drinking off his recommendations, then exactly. Clearly. Clearly something's going well. There you go. Yeah. Just shows sponsorship works, but yeah, he's not maybe not sponsored yet, but that's certainly something he could look at going forward. Um, Cause yeah. clearly he's influential for you. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, exactly. So um, congratulations, Doug and keep it up. Keep recommending beers to me and your, the rest of your Instagram followers.
1: Yeah, definitely. And I look forward to maybe racing you online at some point. Cause I've recently started sim racing myself. I've got some more content coming out about what I'm up to in the sim racing world. Um, but yeah, anyone that fancies, little session online at some point I'd love to love to join you maybe we should do like an RM community sort of esports event race Jess I don't know if that's something you can we can do but yeah um,
0: if you know how to set that up I will you know I'll promote it I I get my wheel and pedals down I'll have a go I can let you all beat me (laughs) (laughs) it's
1: when when you beat us Jess that we're like okay well I'm gonna get some
0: like (laughs) sneaky coaching ahead of time because I am rubbish
1: (laughs) Um, that could be quite cool maybe we should look at doing that
0: yeah, uh, maybe that can be like something to do in like the christmas break or something yeah it might be quite fun all right guys watch this space apparently that's something we're doing now <laughs>
1: <laughs> just us up to it
0: yeah yeah great awesome so thank you everyone for listening as always um feel free to um ask us any questions over on social media um but next week, we're going to be talking a bit about how motorsport sponsorship has changed over the years. And I'm quite I'm quite excited about this episode. And I, I know that at the beginning of Get Paid to Race, I talked about, you know, how motorsport sponsorship has changed. But uh, I'm looking forward to having, you know, a great discussion with you, Toby, about, about this topic.
1: Yeah, I think it's an interesting one, isn't it? Um, mm. Lots to talk about kind of, of old and new and where things are going. So, exactly. yeah, I look forward to that one.
0: Cool. All right. Well, thank you, everyone. And we will see you next week.
1: Yeah, take care.